have rescued my life. I think of Daniel. God shut the mouth of the lions. Daniel was released the next day. He didn't say, I'm going to go back in the pit and play here, kitty, kitty. He said, I'm never going back. I'm never going back. It should be our testimony tonight. You've rescued me. You've rescued me. You've rescued me. And I'm never going back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for rescuing us before we were ever here. The battles come hard. They come furious. They come often. But we're not going back. We're not going back. Lord, even tonight, I bind the spirit of fear. I've talked to one of our own in the last couple of days. A couple out of this church in Ohio, Andrew and Kim, battling COVID. Andrew diagnosed with COVID pneumonia. Father, I bind the enemy right now. It's talking with him the fear, the fear that is gripped. I bind right now. We're not going back to the fear. Father, we're going to walk forward in you. We're going to believe in you to take us through the den and to shut the mouth of the lion and to shut the mouth of the enemy. Father, we're binding here together as family claiming healing in those two lives. Thank you, Jesus. You're not bound by time. You're not bound by space. Even now as we pray, we ask you to touch. Touch and continue to strengthen our bishop, Lord. Thank you, Father, for his leadership, for his love, for his compassion, and the mercy that you have placed upon him to place upon others. And tonight we complain, we claim complete healing in his life. Strength, strength, strength. In Jesus' name. Father, we lift the lost to you. Others may have given up on them, but you never have. And Lord, you're going to use us as instruments to go forth, just sharing and planting a seed. Lord, as we plant the seed, we ask the Holy Spirit to water, to bring forth, to bring forth. We thank you for the salvation of family members. We thank you for the salvation of friends and co-workers or the neighbor. Again, we lift the ministry to this house. What a powerful vision, Lord, you gave to Bishop and Dr. Cheryl many years ago. House of healing. Inner healing and deliverance. Bless the ministries, Lord, the school, the prayers, all that's covered under this roof. And Lord, the vision of the EACM touching many countries. Pastors we've never met, but doing your work in the same covering. Bless tonight, strengthen, encourage. Once again, we bring before you Apostle Sister C. Dr. Sister Garner, thanking you, Lord, for all that they've done. We ask you to continue to strengthen them, their body and their mind. Fresh word, fresh touch, fresh anointing every time they speak. Tonight we give you the remainder of this service. As for fresh touch and anointing upon Dr. Cheryl. Lord, the word you laid upon her heart. I pray our ears would be open and our spirits to receive that which you've given our pastor to share with us tonight. Father, may we walk out different than we came in. 
and we proclaim, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. In Jesus' name, when everybody said, Amen. Because we have an exciting testimony tonight. I'm going to ask Reverend Jason to come up, Chaplain Reverend, and uh, share a testimony about a young man who should probably be with Jesus, that God spared his life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Many of you know that I ride motorcycles, so I'm in a motorcycle club. Uh, one of our riders back in June went down. He uh, was in a bad accident. A gentleman went through the red light in an SUV, plowed into him, pushed him through the intersection. They pronounced him dead at the scene. Uh, even the police report stated that he was dead. The detectives that was handling the case said he was dead, but he was in the hospital. His mom called me, this was on a Saturday uh, that this happened, which was the, uh, the 12th of June. On the 13th, his mom called me and says, I need you to come down to the hospital because I know that you are a prayer warrior and I need you to pray. So I says, I'll be there Monday night pray over him um, and we'll allow God to work he was so bad that he broke both of his legs both of his arms they had tubes running out of his head to drain the fluid off of his head the doctors didn't know if he was going to survive and I cast it down in the name of Jesus I went in that hospital room. I was the only one that was allowed to be in there besides his mom uh, because of the COVID thing. And, you know, um, so I grabbed his mom's hand and we touched him and I prophesied and I laid hands on him and I spoke life into him. And I said, you're going to be healed in Jesus' name. Three days later, they took him out of the ICU and in recovery. They had him in a medical-induced coma. They said they were going to keep him in there for about a week. I said, no. I said, three days, he's going to be upstairs. And I, I prophesied that to his mom. And I says, uh, seven days, he's going to be awake. I said, he's going to come out of this seven days. She called me within that week and said... We don't know if he's going to make it. Cause we don't know if he's going to have brain damage because there's so much fluid. And I said, stop. We're coming against that in the name of Jesus. I've already prayed. I've already prophesied. And I'm believing that God's going to bring him out of that. Seven days later. Now, mind you, three, seven, three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, way the truth and the life. Seven days, perfection. Amen? Came out. And he was able to recognize his surroundings. He didn't remember what, what had happened, but the doctors asked him, do you know who this woman is? He says, yeah, that's my mom. I says, praise the Lord. Went back, we prayed over him. I says, one month, he'll be home. We had a birthday party for him and we prayed and it affected everybody in the circle. We had over 200 bikes come out. We prayed over him while he was in the hospital. So Wednesday, they brought him home. This was the first Sunday. You guys didn't see me this morning because I was preaching at his church and everybody was like this is the miracle of Jamez the miracle was not only him 
but the miracle was it affected everybody in his church to where they went down and they prayed. If you stub your toe on the chair or on something, your whole body's affected. That's the way it is with the church and the body of Christ. If one person falls, we all fall. We don't fall with them. We get down on our knees and we pray. There's something about prayer. When we pray, things happen. He was in church today, just as he was so many times before because he plays the drums. He's been here. As, as a matter of fact, he seen our drum set. He goes, I'm going to be playing the drums. I said, oh, well, i got to get with Dr. Cheryl and we got to figure something out. But um, he loves to play the drums. And he got up and he walked. He's got two broken leads, pins and rods in his legs. And he was able to walk. Supernatural healing is going on in his life. That in itself is a testimony of what God can do for his people. Amen. So I just ask you guys to continue to pray. Continue because he's got a long journey. He says, I want to get back on a motorcycle. I'm like, oh, no. You have to pray about that. You know, when we fall down on a bicycle when we're young, we get back up on it and continue. But that's a little bit different with a motorcycle. So we're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to lift him up. We're going to continue to praise God for what God has done. Amen. One more thing. Dr. Cheryl preached this morning on identity. Yes, I did. She spoke about identity in Christ. That is the very same thing that I preached 30 miles away. Hallelujah. I didn't know she was preaching. Nope. But I preached the same word. Amen. Awesome. God is good. part of that because we've been praying for Jamez. He's been on our prayer line and uh, intercessors have been praying so that that's just awesome. I love when God shows up and shows off. Thank you Jesus. Father tonight as we look to your word I ask you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you are saying. God, you're definitely doing a work on our identity, on who you want us to become. Not just because, but because of kingdom. So God, we just thank you tonight. We thank you for every person watching by live stream and every person sitting here. We thank you that they chose to spend these moments before your throne of grace. So I'm asking for a supernatural manifestation of your power. Lift your hands in the air. Holy Spirit, fill us up fresh in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. look tonight for a minute it's just something that I was studying and it just kind of caught my attention again in the Hebrew because when we look at it we how many of you find you read scripture sometimes and you just read it and it's like right over your head and you don't think another thing but you're you know you're glad you read scripture but there are times that I've read scripture and I think okay what does that mean you know? Now, now I want you to look with me tonight at Amos. Like, how many of you have ever even read the book of Amos? <laughs> right. He's not super popular. But nevertheless, he's a prophet. Amen? But I want you to look at Amos 4.4 4 here. And you're going to 
think the same thing probably, I thought. But it says, come to Bethel and transgress. Amen. At Gilgal, multiply transgression. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three days. Now, look at your neighbor and say, that is an interesting scripture. <laughs> but see, we've never noticed it, and it's been there forever, correct? So let's take a look at that tonight. Because I believe that everything in the Word of God is significant. God doesn't just throw things in there to see if you're awake. <laughs> Amen? So, first of all, you have to know that when there are towns and nations named throughout the Word, there is significance right there. There's a reason God uses Bethel and Gilgal versus Roseville and St. Clair Shores. Right? So let's look at that. First of all, if you take notes, Bethel. In the Hebrew, it's the house of God. Gilgal means a rolling together, uniting with God. Now, as I began to look at that, I thought, well, Lord, that really don't make any sense. Because <laughs> if you, again, look at that scripture, it says... Come to the house of God. Come to Bethel and sin or transgress. Come to the house of God and sin. That's kind of weird. And then go, come to Gilgal, the place where I'm in unity with God and multiply sin. And you begin to wonder, Lord, hell, what does this mean? Both of these places, Bethel and Gilgal, were places that people came to to worship and spend time praising God. They were the place you would go if you wanted an experience with God, much like we go to conferences or we go to retreats. Are you with me? Uh, not last year because that was COVID year. That will forever be a year where people have to think, oh, that was the year nothing good happened. But that's not true. There were births. That's right. So there was good things in COVID. But the year before that, 2019, uh, Elder Sharon Smith said, I want you to come to Wisconsin. We do this three-day retreat. And it's like total fasting and prayer time with God. And you go and you fast, and the only thing you can have is this cinnamon tea. I want to tell you something. For three days, you love cinnamon tea. <laughs> you couldn't wait to get the Cracker Barrel on the way home. No, I'm just kidding. But it was so awesome. Three days away with God, and you were given your own room, and it was beautiful. This uh, pastor had bought this retreat center it was a home and it had like eight or ten bedrooms in it and she had just renovated it with every room representing one of the tribes of Israel and all the research in there on that tribe and it was just beautiful and so you had your room and she had an altar where you could lay before the altar in every room and pray and seek God's face so it was really incredible and we could get away with God. Now, that's what it's supposed to be. Are you hearing me tonight? Much like we have today conference centers, retreat centers, Gilgal and Bethel was your opportunity, my opportunity to get away with God and meet the Father and know the Father's heart. How many of you have earthly fathers that maybe you need to set aside your memory of and find out who your real father is, who that heavenly father is. Because when we get to know the heavenly father, he gets in there and he heals our earthly father's effects on our lives. So people 
would travel thousands of miles to go to Bethel in Gilgal. Like we traveled 12 hours to get to this retreat center. Like I was done with the car. How many of you really don't care for long car rides? Amen. Like 12 hours was plenty. But imagine in Bible times to go to Bethel and Gilgal, you had to take your mule. Or your, you know, they didn't even have stagecoaches or none of that deal. You were walking thousands of miles. It just blows my mind. You might, you might have to have left your home two weeks prior to get to Bethel and Gilgal for this gathering. And it was a place where all the prophets and all the teachers and everybody would come there for miracle services. Is this ringing any bells? Because that's what we do. This scripture is referring, though, to Bethel and Gilgal, a place where people should come to worship God. What could be, what could be so wrong going there. Why would God say, come to Gilgal and transgress? Come to Bethel and sin and transgress? What, God, what are you talking about? Because this is a place where you meet God. The place, Gilgal, the place, Bethel, nothing was wrong with it. It was a great place to go to meet God. It was the abuses that took place by people when they got there. Well, Dr. Cheryl, how could it be abused? People come to hear the word, experience miracles, you know, get revelation, teachings. But I want to draw your attention to some things. That word transgress in the Hebrew. Come to Bethel and transgress. Come to Gilgal and multiply transgression. That word in the Hebrew is pasha. P-A-S-H-A. And it means to rebel or offend when speaking of divine power and spiritual insight. To offend when speaking of divine power or insight. Well, how does that happen? Well, we get to Bethel. We're at a conference. We're really pressing in. And then somebody's got to lean over and say, I don't want to stay for this teacher. They're not as good. We're going to go over to the next tent. That guy, he has revelation. He is the bomb.com. This guy, not so much. This guy, I want him to lay hands on me because when he lays hands, there's miracles. Well, I want to go over here because I want to rub elbows with that speaker because I want to speak down the road and I want to know the right people. Well, did you see that prophet? He came to this conference in a Mercedes. He didn't even have to get a mule. Hello. Well, I'm certainly not going to go sit in that conference because God's given me such incredible spiritual insight. And I have revelation that I should be sharing, so why do I want to go listen to her talk? Hmm. Are you getting this? To rebel or offend when speaking of divine power and spiritual insight. That, that miracle you saw? Hmm, not so much. I bet that wasn't real. And did you hear that bunch over here? They were talking in a funny language. That cannot be God. Uh-oh. Sound familiar? Ever been in this kind of place? 
multiply. Where it says, come to Gilgal, multiply transgressions. Listen to this, multiply in the Hebrew, rava, R-A-V-A-H. Now here it is. In the Semitic tongue, the ancient, ancient Hebrew, it means to wear something around your neck like a necklace as a symbol of pride. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, ouch. Wear something around your neck like a necklace, like a symbol of, of pride. People were coming to Bethel and Gilgal with wrong motives, with nasty hearts, with pride filling them. I want to tell you, it was like a county fair. <laughs> it was like an amusement park. People were just coming and so full of themselves. So it became a gathering of prophets, teachers, and a bunch of well-known artists and some wannabes. Ever been around a wannabe? You want to just go, ooh, and smack them and say, knock it off. They're so full of themselves. They know everything. I loved how one writer put it. You could go to these conferences or these gatherings, and you could out-rabbi the rabbi. Help us, Jesus. How many times do we flock to a conference because of a special speaker who's really got it going on, the anointing? Listen to me. God can give you the anointing. You know, got to go. Now, what's the key? Hear the Holy Spirit. If he tells you to go, there's something there you need to experience. God will use any willing vessel who is willing to humble themselves and say, I'll go, God, but you're going to have to use me. <laughs> Look what God did through Jason. Ah, this is so awesome. They didn't call, you know, some big name Christian and say, we need you to come. How many of you know when you're desperate, you want prayer? You don't care who prays. Right? When you need God to move, you just want somebody to pray. In fact, how many times have you prayed and thought, me, God? I don't even know if I believe you can heal them. <laughs> Me? And God will say, just put your hands out there. Because God, now look at this, look at this, look at this. James 4, 6, this is important. But the grace he gives is greater the grace God gives you is greater, which is why it says God opposes the arrogant or the prideful. But to the humble, he gives grace. Ah, God, I don't think I'm a nothing. I'm not no great name. I don't care. But God, if you can use me, here I am. And he's like, yes. He gives grace to us who are humble. He gives grace. He opposes the pride-filled. He opposes all these that want to be big names. Who cares about who knows your name? Who cares? My grandfather, I'll never forget my Jewish grandfather. He died when I was about 14, but for a couple years before that, I would just sit at his feet because I just love listening to him talk and tell stories and he could never say my name. He could never, ever say my name. He'd call me 
Cher, Sharon. And I'm like, Grandpa, Cheryl. Sharon, what's the matter for you? Just forget it. He goes, well, what do you want me to call you? I said, just whatever, call me teacher, because I'm a teacher. Ah, oh, my little teacher. Okay, teacher. I didn't care what he called me. I loved my grandfather. I wanted to sit at his feet and listen to him because he could tell the best stories of what he went through in life. Are you getting this tonight? God knows your name. He just wants you to sit humbly and let him use you. He gives grace to the humble. They would display a spiritual charm. Why? To impress fellow believers. See, it's really all about motive of the heart. It's all about what was going on in that heart of hearts. And isn't that interesting? Because you can fool the whole crowd, but you can't fool him. Isn't that true? He knows your heart. He knows why they were sitting in those gatherings, what their motives were, so much that he put it in Scripture. Yeah, okay, great. Come on, come to this conference. Come to Bethel and sin in your heart. Come on, come to Gilgal, and we'll multiply your sin there. Would you just pick up a little bit of sarcasm there? <laughs> like God was like getting fed up, fed up, fed up. Because he saw the hearts. He says, I can't do nothing with this. I have to oppose them. Because I say this to all of us often. We don't need to wear our spiritual achievements around our neck for everyone to see. Well, I preached with this one in 2010. And I was in a conference, and super spiritual Susie was the speaker, and she shook my hand. Uh, I was in uh, a conference with, you know, Brother Joe Smith, and he's the bomb in the spiritual conferences. And he actually laid hands on me and prophesied. And God's going, ah. Right? So I say this all the time to us. God doesn't care if we glow in the dark. <laughs> he really doesn't. He's not impressed with anything. Because we only can do what we do because of God. You couldn't heal a sliver in a finger without God interceding. We couldn't prophesy someone's name if God didn't move in to show himself glorified. He uses us. That's all. We're vessels. And if we're humble enough, he'll use us to do his kingdom work. We don't got to go to Bethel. We don't got to go to Gilgal for some fancy conference. We just got to go to Bethel and Gilgal to experience our walk with God and intimacy with God where God begins to speak to us and we hear him and we break before him and we ask him, God, change this in me. I hate that. Do your work in me. Make me into what you want me to be. It's really going to Gilgal and Bethel to do a work in us, not for God to let us rub elbows. You don't get an anointing because you rubbed elbows with anybody. It's not an osmosis that rips through your body. I just caught John Smith's anointing. I'm so excited. It's not like that. You don't catch that. God just visits you in your brokenness, in your humility, and pours it on you. And believe me, you know it hits you when you're there. 
Look at your neighbor and say, Amen. Gilgal and Bethel became a place where God was offended. Oh, man. I would have, if Bethel and Gilgal would have been, if I would have been the mayor, I would have said, shut them down. Shut them down. Shut these two cities down, and everybody's going on a fast and getting on their face. Because we ain't offending God. I don't want God offended in this house. I don't want God offended by any of us leaders, by any of us people, by any of the servers, servant. I don't care what we are. I don't want God offended here. Evangel will be a place where we can come and meet God and know the heart of the Father. When people hear evangel, I want them to hear God's there. Not, that's the home of Jerry and Gerald Piscopo. Who cares? God, you be glorified. I love it when I go places and people say, oh, I say, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to evangel. The one time I said, oh, I said, well, who's the pastor there? They go, I don't know, but that place is so much love. Yes. I don't care if they know me. I want them to know all of you that know him. Does that make sense? We don't want a Bethel and a Gilgal with an offense to God. I'll never forget um, you know, Bishop and I studied deliverance and inner healing for so many years. And back in the day when we were just traveling around trying to learn as much as we could, there was, uh, I don't know, it just seems like you find the, a lot of pride in deliverance ministries. And I hate to say that, but the deliverers need deliverance. But... There was a brother with a ministry, and he was pretty well-known. And um, so, you know, one day uh, we asked to meet with him for lunch because we just wanted to pick his brain. You know, we wanted to know stuff. So we sat down, and, you know, we're talking and having lunch, and I'm starting to get real irritated because uh, throughout the whole time, yeah, well, I laid hands on this one, and I delivered them of this, and I delivered them of that. And when they got free, I delivered them, and I just couldn't stand it anymore. You know, I'm such a woman of few words. And I go, brother, stop. And I said, because I'm going to have to get up, and I got to go. And he goes, what? And I said, you didn't deliver anybody. He delivered them. God delivered them. I said, you didn't do nothing but pray. God set them free. He goes, well, if it wasn't for me, I said, if it wasn't for you, it would have been somebody. Because <laughs> God's more concerned about them getting free. <laughs> this is what puts a stench in God's nostrils. That's an offense. I don't want to ever be offensive to God. Saints, we got that in the body today. We got these stenches. We got these Gilgal and Bethel things. Listen to me. People spend their time, their energy, and their money because we always are trying to seek a new revelation to get a warm little uh, feeling up and down our spine, warm fuzzies. And we, you know, we want to uh, get a thrill when we go to a conference. No, go only. If the Holy Spirit says go, go only if there is a nudging in the Spirit because God has something for you there. Every conference, every opportunity, every prophetic voice that comes to town doesn't mean we have to all be there. Are you hearing me tonight? And pass this on. Because you're going to meet up with people. You have friends. Pass it on. You don't have to go to everything. 
I belong to an international society of deliverance ministers, Bishop and I. And it started under one of our spiritual fathers for the school, Dr. P, Dr. C. Peter Wagner. And so last year for the conference, you know, I usually have to go every year because I'm part of the board and they want the board to meet and all that junk. And so last year during COVID, we did it uh, live stream. That was okay. But the year prior to that, 2019, uh, they called me, and, and uh, Brother Suddeth said to me, Cheryl, uh, I need you to come. I need you to speak this year. And I said, stop right there. I said, I can't. He said, well, why can't you? I said, well, I just really feel like God doesn't want me to come. Do you know how hard that is? Because you, you feel like I'm letting everybody down or whatever. So he goes, Really? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm so serious. I, I really feel I'm not supposed to be there this year. He says, okay. He says, you know, I respect that. He says, because nobody ever does that. I said, well, I don't have to please you, but I got to please God. I said, so I feel like I would be in disobedience to God, no matter how awesome this conference is going to be. So I didn't go, and, you know, he called me about a month after. He goes, man, that was awesome. I said, good, that's awesome. I can listen to the CDs or something. He goes, yeah. He goes, but I got to tell you, he says, that was really awesome what you did. He says, and I was sharing it with the board, and they all said, wow, who does that? Who asked God, should we come? He said, so everybody decided they're going to pray first before they start saying yes. I said, well, praise God. I said, you know, I usually don't do it either, but I felt really strong about that this year. He says, I think it's awesome. Saints, it was just a little revelation from this little minute pastor in Roseville. And all I said was, God, do you want me to go? And he goes, no. What? Wait. Mm. God, I go every year, remember? So, and I would just keep going to God. Are you sure? I'm supposed to speak. Does that impress you? God, I'm supposed to, tell, I'm supposed to speak. Finally, the one day he goes, Cheryl, I'm so not impressed. It just broke me. He does not get impressed with us. He's the one that opens the doors. For what purpose? Kingdom. 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 Everything points to his kingdom. Are you following me? People, we've got to see the heart of God. We've got to know the heart of God. We've got to know our Father's heart. Listen to me. Jason had to hear God. Big time. To look at the family and say, stop. He's coming home. Like, I am like, God bless him. I might have said, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll probably eventually come home. No. He said, nope, he's coming home in a month. <gasps> That's the big one, Jesus. He had to hear something. He had to trust the voice that he hears. Are you hearing me tonight? And I'm talking about just knowing the Father's heart. You should get as much excitement and, and as much tingle just spending time in the presence of God with yourself as you would as when you go to some big, awesome conference. Throw your worship music on. Pound it so loud the house reverberates and you'll feel like you're at church. <laughs> Are you hearing me tonight? God's heart. One of my most exciting experiences in Jesus was when I went to Korea. We have churches there. So I went to Korea. And I had never experienced Prayer Mountain. How many of you have heard about Prayer Mountain in Korea? Okay, in Korea, 
they don't necessarily always do conferences like we do in, in huge buildings. With A lot of the time, they have what is called Prayer Mountain. And it is where you go, and it's a mountain. And they have these little cubicles that you stay in. And usually you would go in the warmer weather because Korea's winters are like 60 below zero. So you can't go to the Prayer Mountain when it's that cold. But in summer, you would go. So we went and we all got our own little thing. It was big enough for you. It's like a square. It would remind you of those sauna booths where it gets really hot in there and you sit on wood and it was just a little wooden cubicle and there was no bed you slept on a mat on the floor but the floors were heated so you didn't get cold at night and they would bring you a jug of water every day fresh water and you were allowed to have chicken broth that they would prepare and deliver to your door in a pot. And they left some of the chicken bones in there. So my first day there, I was like, you know, I went with Dr. Sun, Fannin. So she's in her cubicle, and I'm in my cubicle, and I'm like, Okay, God, this is it, right? I said, I get this jug of water and this pot of whatever and this big old ladle and a tiny little cup to put some in. And I was like, wow, this is nothing like the conferences we go to. How many of you are hearing me? So I just got on my face and I started to cry. Because the presence of God hit that room. I didn't care about the chicken broth. I didn't care about the water. I didn't care about how hot it was, how cold it was. I just started to sense the presence of God. And for three days, I never came out of that room. I just was like, wow. I felt like there was a cloud in that room. And I could just sit there. Saints, all the trappings we don't need. We just need a place where we can sit and experience the Father. He loves and cares for us. See, we got to, bottom line, we got to stop seeking all the frills. How many of you remember um, gold dust? People all wanted to flock to the meetings where you could see gold dust. And the meetings where people were getting their teeth filled with gold. And meetings where uh, laughing, how, about, how, how many of you remember those back in the day? The laughing anointing. Can God use that? Sure. But do we need it? Do we need to seek? I don't care if he gives it to you, but do we have to go searching? I'm going to that meeting tonight. They got gold dust. Oh, I want to go to that meeting because, man, you see people's teeth being filled. Like, how about I want to go to that meeting because I heard that God showed up. We don't need showboating. We got to examine our motives. They were going to Gilgal and Bethel to showboat, to show off, full of pride, God hates that. He says, just come. Come to me. Look with me at John 17, 26. I made your name known to them, and I will continue to make it known, 
so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I myself may be united with them. Now, leave that up there for a minute. Here's Jesus. John 17 is one of the most awesome chapters where Jesus is praying to the Father. And look what he's saying. My whole purpose here, I made your name known to them. And I'll continue to make it known. What was Jesus all about? Revealing the Father to people. How many of you ask sometimes, God, what do I do to be more like you? He'll tell you. Make my name known. Do what Jesus did. Do what my son did. Make me known. When people see you, let them see me. So that the love that you've loved may be in them. The love God shows you, turn around and show it to someone else. So that it proves you're in one with the Father. That's what he's talking about. See, this is that Jewish, can you put that back up, babe? This is the Jewish Bible. So the English is really a translation from the Hebrew. He says, I made your name known to them and will continue to do so. That's my whole plan, Father. I want them to know the Father. He says, and that the love that you have loved me, God, the love you've shown me, I want to have it be in them. We're a little bit away from that. How many of you have met up with Christians that they don't even know what love is? They're some of the nastiest folk you've ever met. Ought to not be. When they come into this house, I just want them to know love. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they smell like. I don't care if they're tattooed. I don't care if they got 14 rings in their ears, belly, whatever. I don't care. I don't care where they came from. I don't care what they did in the past. I just want them to know that God loves them and we love them. And let's pursue this journey together. That's what it's about. That's the walk with God that they get to know him. Listen to me. Once they get to know him, they're forever changed. And then we can be in unity all together because our hearts are all the same, that we may know you, Father. That's all. It doesn't matter if you tell people all about where you've been and the speakers you've met and the big names you know. Who cares? They're going to die. They're humans, and I don't care how big name they are. They're going to die. And then they'll just be a memory. And who cares? Unless they left a mark on you for the Father. That's what makes the difference. Seek God. Ask that Holy Ghost, do you want me to go? Do you want me to say this? Do you want me to do this? That's what you ask. Show people God the Father, not you. Show people God. Show them Jesus, not you. Hear his voice. Don't go to some conference to vacation. Oh, my word. Or don't go on vacation and leave God at home. It's the truth. I've had people say to me, I'm going on vacation. I said, oh, cool. You have time with that? Nope. I'm leaving my Bible home. I'm leaving everything at home. I'm going to rest. What? Have you lost it? Man, go on vacation. Everybody should go on vacation. But take God with you. He's the only thing you should take with you. 
Make him known. Examine your motives. Always, always give God the glory. When you pray for people and they get a healing, thank you, Jesus. It's okay if they say, thank you for praying for me. Say, thank you for giving me the opportunity, but I just give God the glory. I always turn it back to Jesus. It's safer that way. People need to know the heart of the Father. Bethel and Gilgal. We don't want to go there and transgress and offend the heart of God. Amen? I want you to watch this clip. It's called The Heart of the Father. It is an awesome example of what God thinks of us. Watch this. I may seem far away from you, but I think about you every day. He's writing to his son. I wanted to tell you not to be afraid of life's journey. You will have both good times and bad, but know that God is there through them all. He loves you more than I ever could, John Paul, and I love you with all my heart. I'm already so proud of you. I'm proud that God gave you to me and your mom. And know that you've got my biggest blessing to be who God intends you to be. No matter what, son, know that I love you and that Jesus loves you. You can trust him with your heart, John Paul, just as I have. I can't wait to see you again. Until then. And you can pick that one up, uh, watch it on any of the channels on uh, lives on your computers, but it's called Faith of Our Fathers. That man, it's a, based on a true story, he wrote that letter to his son when he was in the military. He never came home. And the son read it later on in life. And uh, just powerful. But that's the heart of our father toward us. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just come tonight. We don't ever want to offend your heart, Lord. Father, tonight, forgive us. Forgive us of any pride, any arrogance. Forgive us when we felt we had to boast or tell somebody about our great spiritual exploits. Wash us tonight. Wash us of any criticalness. If we've criticized <clears throat> your anointed, if we've said something about a leader or about a speaker or about anybody, if we've put our mouth on any person, God, we just ask you to forgive us Wash us in the blood of Jesus. If we've criticized or judged somebody, forgive us tonight, Jesus. Thank you for your blood. Father, we don't ever want to wear any of our achievements around our neck in pride. We thank you just for the opportunity to be used of you. Father, we'll only go to Bethel and Gilgal. We'll only go to these gatherings if the Holy Spirit prods us. Says, you need to go. I've got something there for you. Father, draw us to your 
to your presence, to that little cubicle, that place where we can get alone with you, Father. It might be in our garage. It might be in our attic. It might be at the park. It might be in our bedroom. Wherever. Draw us to that secret place where we can meet the heart of the Father. That, Father, the very same love that you pour on us, let us be a conduit and pour it on others. That's our heart, Father. Anything else? We turn away from and we ask you to cleanse us tonight by the blood of Jesus. Touch, touch those on live stream tonight. Bless them. Let your presence permeate the very room they're in. Touch us tonight as we sit in this place. Let your presence envelop us. Spirit of God, surround us, fill us, overwhelm us. Father, there's some out there tonight, either by live stream, even sitting here. God, they need a healing touch. They need healing in their spirit, soul, and body. Right now, I come against any pain and emotions, any pain in the soul realm, memories healing. Right now, God, I ask for a supernatural manifestation of healing in emotions, in memories, in the hearts. Let your love saturate. Father, those that need a healing touch in their bodies tonight, just lift your hands if you're needing just a touch from God tonight. Either if you're by live stream, just lift your hands right where you're sitting. Father, these need a touch from you, God. We send forth the healing power of Jesus tonight. Heal the rest of Jamez's body, God. Heal him. Let him be that absolute miracle testimony that people will say, God, what you did for him, you can do for me. God, heal and restore lives tonight. Father, my heart cry lately has just been for marriages. God, heal marriages. God, it's not your will that people just up and leave and separate and God, your heart is to heal and restore. God, give husbands and wives kindness and love. Permeate their hearts that, God, they'll only want what you want. And you'll fill them up with your love so much it will overflow onto their mate, God. In the name of Jesus, surround them with a threefold core that is not easily broken. God, we just thank you tonight. We thank you that you are a miracle-working God. Not so we can all yell, ooh and ah, but so that you be glorified. Glorify your name, Jesus. Father, we just humble ourselves we thank you, thank you, that you can use us, that God, you can open doors that we can't open, that you can shut doors that we need shut, thank you, and we cut off the past, we cut it off tonight, cut it off in Jesus' name, it will not torment People. It will not torment husbands and wives. It will not torment those that need a healing. We cut off the past. And we say, God, you be.
Jesus. In the precious, awesome, mighty name of Jesus, Jehovah. Let it go. It's not doing me any good. Let it go. 